this is Stacy Wen, and the podcast is Clarity Unleashed. I'm excited to be back. Haven't been here in a while, and I'm I'm happy to have uh, have a guest. I've got Jan Owen on with me today, and I'd like to welcome you, Jan. Um, Jan has a master's degree in counseling. She's an associate licensed counselor in the state of Alabama, and a national certified counselor. And she owns Back Porch Counseling, which is located in Huntsville, but obviously she is online right now as well. Um, you can find her on Twitter, which is where I found her, and she is on Twitter at Jan J. Owen, and she wrote a book in 2017, which I'm hoping she'll talk a little bit about, and that is called Fighting Forward, A Widow's Journey from Loss to Life. So welcome, Jan. Good to have Thank you. you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, this is so interesting how we met online and and uh, I was attracted to what you were saying about emotions because I had was working on a, a group conversation around deconstruction and, and how, how emotions are sometimes bad things to have as a Christian mm. woman. And, and so when I saw you talking about that, I thought, hmm, I, I would love. And you mentioned wanting to be uh, a guest. And so I thought, oh, this is perfect timing. So it has to be, it has to be a divine appointment. <laughs> yeah, I, I love having these conversations. I really do yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, so it was nice to have you in that group discussion, and um, I think that we intersect on a lot of different topics of interest, and one word in particular, which is wrestling, that's been a word that I've been working around with, too, and I've heard you say that and as we were preparing for today. So, you know, I've got some some topics we, we agreed to talk about, but I, I think for, at first, I'll just throw it out to you and just give a little bit of background about where you are in life and how you've gotten here and and then we'll take it we'll take it from there. Sure. Well, um you know, I spent a lot of my adult years as a worship pastor. Um I was ordained even in the Southern Baptist Church, uh which is kind of unusual for a female, very unusual. Uh I spent most of my life in ministry. Um I ran a nonprofit for a few years, which basically was just me going and teaching in a few countries. And all of those experiences were extremely important to me, but they they really didn't prepare me for when my life kind of fell apart. Uh, and, you know, almost, well, I guess like a decade ago, it started. I left ministry. Um, we had some tragedy at our church, a new pastor, uh, entered the nonprofit sphere, which is just code for no pay. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then in 2012, 13, sorry, 2013, my husband was diagnosed with um, just a very rare, very aggressive, incurable type of kidney cancer. Um, and, he had had some mental health issues. We had had marital concerns at that time. Um, it was just a really tragic, difficult time in my life. And uh, he passed away in 2014. And I had to decide, you know, what to do with my life. Like, you know, I had been working for many years, but I didn't make enough to support myself. And so 
I finished my bachelor's degree at age 50 and literally like two weeks before I turned 51. So like I barely squeezed it in at 50. Um, And then I uh, really felt this compulsion to go to grad school, which I had never even thought of before and just felt God putting some things on my heart about ministering to people who uh, were grieving. I felt like my background in ministry sort of showed me what I didn't know about my own experience. Like, you know, all these years I'd been with families and tried to help. And then I experienced it myself. And I just thought, oh, like I was so bad at this, (laughs) even though I really tried and really did love people. um, I didn't really realize what I didn't know. And I I really felt a leading from God to go back to grad school at age 51 to pursue a counseling degree. And so I did that. I moved to uh, Tuscaloosa and, um, you know, would roam around on campus. It was kind of a lifelong dream to to do that in some ways, but I looked like a teacher or someone's mother. Um, and so I, I, was, I was a little bit unusual in that setting, but it was a great experience. I learned so much and uh, just, you know, graduated in December. And here I am starting a new counseling practice and, I don't know, starting over at 54. Yeah. 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 I love how you talk. One of the topics we're going to hit on is just that idea of testimony, but how you have to go through things in order to understand and have some perspective and greater perspective and probably more ability to step into other shoes. So that empathy and, and all of that. And at these points in our lives, when we get to these, these, um, I don't know, you hit a plateau and then you break through something and now you're on a new plateau. So what that adds into, into your work and ministry and into helping others. And uh, so that's one, one place I think we could talk a little bit about. We've, we've, we uh, have talked about just this concept of testimony and when it's good to, to give one, when it's, when it's good to wait and, and wait for someone's story to develop and, and not feel like everyone has to have a story like right now. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts about that. I found it really interesting to hear your perspective on that rush to testimony. Well, I mainly do grief work with people. And of course, I've lost a husband. I lost my mom in 2018. And, uh, but specifically, after leaving a paid pastoral staff position and then losing my husband, which was um, meant I had to sort of think about like, what do I do next? Um, but I think too, like in grief, there are all kinds of emotions that we don't expect. And grief can be over any loss or disappointment or um, it doesn't have to be a death. Uh, life doesn't turn out the way we want it. We grieve. Um, but I think often it brings up for things for us that don't have answers immediately. You know, like um, for me, I had really had this misguided notion that if I served God and loved people and tried to do my best all my life, um, you know, that my life would, things would turn out okay. And then when life kind of fell apart uh, and I anticipated some really rough waters, I had to decide like, you know, what does that mean? You know, I received some mixed messages like, 
you know, is God testing me? Did I, does he hate me? I even had that thought, you know, does God hate mm-hmm. me that my life is like this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I kind of felt discarded by the church I had served for many years, you know, like they just kind of replaced me and that was really hard. And that was an additional kind of pain. It kind of all culminated with my husband's death, but there were multiple things probably within that. And it, you know, I realized in that, that, you know, yes, there would be another, I would reach the other side eventually, but I would reach land. But for a while I was kind of floating out in the ocean on a piece of driftwood and I didn't even know which direction land was in. You know, I had to learn to ride those waves and I also just had to really kind of assess, you know, what do I really believe? What do I really think God wants for me uh, for this next chapter of my life? What do I want to do with my life? That's something, to be honest with you, I had never asked myself. Not really. Um, And that was huge. And so all that work took time. And I think sometimes, particularly in the church, but I think probably human nature in general, we love a testimony. We love to know someone's overcome or, you know, someone's, something's healed or whatever. But what we don't, we don't want to talk about that time in between where people are mad at God and they're confused and they don't know what to think. Nobody wants to talk about that part because it's threatening. It's scary. Um, I didn't like being in it. I remember sitting in, a, in this uh, class on grief with Dr. Alan Wolfelt. And he described this time of wrestling. He's like, you really shouldn't take people's questions away from them. And I thought that was so profound. But he said, like, this space is liminal space. It's holy. God is at work. And I raised my hand and I said, well, it feels like hell to me. Mm. I just hated it. But in looking back, it was so valuable. It grounded me. It helped me know where to go and what to do next. It made me address things in my life that I had to, I had to come to grips with. It made me re-examine beliefs and thought patterns. Um, but we really, sometimes we expect that before people have done the work or before they've had time to grieve for that matter. And mm-hmm. so it can, I feel like it could really shut people down when we try to, you know, look for this testimony before, we've even had a chance to even absorb what it is that we've gone through. Yeah. And sometimes the testimony is that within the process, so not having an answer, but just the testimony to the process itself is so valuable, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not accepted. I don't think because it's still in process, but to be able to say, God's really working on me and challenging me and, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm seeing new things and I've got questions and, and, you know, he's right there with me and all of this, it's not good enough because it's not the answer. It's not right. the, okay, you're done with that. Now you can move forward and be a regular person again. Yes. <laughs> we would like for you to go back to how you were. I've had, I've been told that. And I'm like, you know, um, I was reminded of something I read from Kay Warren, Rick Warren's wife, their, their son died by suicide a few years ago. And at the one year mark, someone asked Kay, well, when will the, we get the old K back? And she said, Oh, the old K is gone. And that's really how I feel. I feel like I grew in ways that I don't even recognize myself 
prior mm -hmm. to all this. Um, I mean, in some ways, I'm the same. I still love Alabama football. I still <laughs> love to paddleboard. I still love the beach. I mean, I love to read. I mean, like some things are unchanged. But as far as like my perspective and my growth, um, my ability, my you know, I learned a lot of things and I unlearned a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's the piece that makes people really anxious is the unlearning. Yes, I would agree with that. And it's interesting because uh, uh, to be in a space where, um, and we talked about a little bit, and I know we're going to touch on spiritual formation and just spiritual development and, and, and how, how you do that alone and how you can do that in community and maybe touch on uh, sometimes when community is not so helpful but yeah, so so the I heard uh, recently the past couple of weeks I've been tuning into a pastor out of uh, Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago, mm -hmm. and uh, two different pastors last week and this past Sunday. But they both mentioned something which really perked my interest because I I'm I'm. I've been very interested in discipleship. And for me personally, as I've gone through and have been in my master's program and thinking about, okay, when I get this master of divinity, what am I going to do with it? If I'm sort of feel that separation with church, but not necessarily with ministry, but what does that mean for me? Right. But mm, yeah. that, that pull of um, wanting and feeling the growth spiritually, the, the growth, but not necessarily an improvement or a growth with church in general, but definitely with God. So that's a very strange place to be. And my testimony is not finished. So I'm in that uncomfortable spot. Mm -hmm. But he mentioned, both of them mentioned over the past two weeks, the cross and how we're, the church is really good at the vertical relationship with God and pushing people to that. You got to be saved. You got to be in the right relationship with, with God but not the horizontal where how do you live with one another? Mm. And I think that that's very profound, but also a really good description of, at least for me, what I've seen the state of the church today and ministry in general is that rush to salvation, but not, okay, once you're saved, what do you do? Because in a position of church leadership, it was all about the numbers, all about who's, yes. you know, who's come to Jesus this week, but not so much okay, now that you have, now what? How do you continue to grow? It's kind of like you're set aside. You've done what you needed to do. And now we're, we're, a, we're a hospital for the injured. We're, we're, we don't care about the healthy people. Once you've got that right relationship, you're good. Check. There's so much left um, in that growth and, and, and process. Uh, so, so I don't know. I, don't, I didn't really ask you a question, but what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I will say that, like, um, you know, when I, I was a worship pastor and I did a lot of pastoral care, so that was, I was kind of like second, you know, in seniority, you might say. Um, so I kind of caught a bunch of things that weren't even in my job description. But in all of the things we did, like, can't let's say counseling, somebody comes in, they're having whatever problem, or they're just irritated about something at church or having a problem with a family member. I felt like all of that, even as much as 
we loved people and that would be genuine. I still felt like there was always this question underneath of, you know, like you wanted them to not leave the church. Right. So if somebody comes in, they're like going through something that's kind of upset their faith, which existential crises tend to do death, divorce, um, you know, any kind of disillusionment you might say, but in, you know, I just felt like we weren't always like willing to, well, I don't know that I knew any better, quite frankly, at the time, I'm not really giving myself an out. I'm just saying in the back of your head was always, if I can't help resolve these issues quickly, then they'll like leave the church or not be a like defending God. There was like this need to defend God, but no, but, but in that there's a lack of really any kind of like deep, um, learning, you know, like it's, it's almost like you're trying to just answer people's questions for them and reassure them, which doesn't by the way, <laughs> but, but we think it does. <laughs> it makes us feel better. <laughs> um, and looking back at that, I realized we really did. There was also a cookie cutter kind of feeling to that mm-hmm. a little bit to me. Um, where, I think sometimes we didn't respect like how hugely different people's situations might be. And, um, and I think we did not respect the fact at times that we didn't know, like, I don't know what it's like to be in an abusive marriage. I do not know that. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't, I can't, I can't speak, in a any kind of like tell anybody what to do. I feel like that would, even as a counselor, like, you know, there's just things like we just cannot know, right, about another person's life. And I don't, looking back, I feel like maybe that's not always respected because we rush in with what I call the Jesus juke, you know, like we're going <laughs> to, we're going to like play the Jesus card, you know, like, and that should be enough mm-hmm. sort of, but I think it just erases some of that really deep growth. And, and my fear is that when we don't allow space for that, that people may eventually like leave anyway, right? Because they feel mm-hmm. judged or like there's just no room for them or maybe they feel like a failure or whatever, but, or people don't understand, but also like, like it just doesn't serve like their future, you know, like the ability to be with people in pain um, or whatever their life may turn out to be. Um, I feel like that, I think more of spiritual direction. I think when I think of mm-hmm. maybe when I look back, what I wish it would have looked like, you know, a little more, um, instead of always this fear based, somebody might leave or somebody might get mad. Cause that was always there in the back of my head. Right. Yeah. So, so it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to kind of put a a plan around that kind of ministry. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to to have that cookie cutter approach where a church does these things and sets up worship this way and follows up with people this way and is out in the community this way and sets up these kinds of groups and monitors growth this way, right? That's those are all it seems like there, there, we rush to, you know, the knowledge base. So tree of knowledge. Yeah. I can watch these numbers grow. And if they don't grow, then I can try this. 
and um, you know, Quantum this is the answer to this question, and this is the answer to that question. And if that's not good enough, then you're a heretic, and you probably should should head somewhere else, right? There's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's that it's that uh, black and white versus gray, mm. and uh, probably goes back to Genesis with tree of life versus tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do you? How do you how do you let what drives you? Is this you know, and how do you translate that kind of individual growth that happens to people to your point that are in an abusive marriage can both both hear from the Holy Spirit and both get different answers on what direction to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that doesn't that doesn't uh, make for a good curriculum. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes ministry hard. And I'm sure it makes counseling hard too, right? Because you've got to sit in that space with people and say, well, what, what do you feel like you need to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have learned that people are the authority on their story. I don't have to have the answer. Um, and in fact, I probably don't have the answer. You know, I probably don't. I mean, um, you know, people come in often, like they'll come in, like, let's say they come in, like my sister died or something like that. That'll be what they say. But when you unpack it, it's generally multiple losses, uh, whether those are finite or non-finite death or just our, uh, life situations and it all accumulates, right? So what original unique stories every person has to wade through, um, so, you know, things are, people's stories are complicated. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, earlier about church often sort of pushes us into the, you know, focus on the relationship with God, but doesn't really talk so much about with each other. The other thing it doesn't at all talk to us about, except in a kind of a negative way, maybe, is it doesn't really address knowing ourselves. Mm. And so I feel like sometimes that's very uh, stereotyped maybe, or, you know, like maybe the thing you hear is to know that you're sinful, but um, I'm not sure there's a a great deal of allowance to, um, to really come to know your, you know, to really pay attention to who you are and how you're shaped and, um, and to honor, you know, your own history and story and, and, um, you know, cause again, what is that? You know, like the average church is 200 people or less 200 different messy stories. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that either. Really exactly. But, uh, but I know in counseling, yeah. I do a lot of just affirming people and sort of normalizing and, um, but everyone's story is different. Mm-hmm. So, and for having been so involved in ministry and now kind of being out of that, like, how, what is your relationship now as you think about ministry and church and where, where do you sit right now? Oh, it's complicated. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of, now I think probably we might call it um, trauma related to things that happened in the last couple of years I was in ministry. And so when I left staff, we would visit churches and I would have 
what I now know are trauma responses. I didn't know what was wrong with me at the time. I would have nightmares every Saturday night. I uh, sometimes would hyperventilate in services and feel like I was going to pass out. I've actually had to go out in the parking lot and throw up. Um, And I actually quit going for a while at the advice of a very wise older woman who had done some spiritual direction with me. She was very matter of fact. She was like, well, just stop going for a little bit. <laughs> like, why has this never occurred to you, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, like, basically, won't I get in trouble for that is how it felt to me. Yeah, I have yeah. never in my life not gone to church. But I did stop for a while. And now, don't go every Sunday. I uh, And I feel I don't like that. I don't, I mean, now nobody here is really, I think they've opened a few churches, but most people are still mm-hmm. online right now. But um I think for me, church is still kind of painful. Um, But yet I still do consider myself a minister of the gospel of Christ. And so, yeah, that's a journey right there. That's something that I'm, you know, um, have to discuss with my own counselor a lot of times because it is confusing feeling. Now, Mm -hmm in my own counseling practice, I consider a lot of the work I do to be, I mean, I feel like it's very sacred work. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm not in ministry, Mm -hmm. but there's a, a lot of my trauma and stuff comes from being a woman in ministry. And I hesitate to use the word trauma because that sounds like I'm being like real, like dramatic or something, but I don't know what other word captures, captures it. Um, So for me, I personally felt like I could not put myself back into a position to where I was disrespected and just where it was always this constant deep deal. Like it was just always this big deal. Like if I served communion or if I prayed or it it just did my job, it it felt like there was always some kind of contention around it. And that just, it wore me out. Um, So I don't, know what my relationship is with the organized church at this time. I am hoping to find a place. I spent all my life in Southern Baptist churches. And I don't think I can go back to that right now because of this issue, but also don't really know where else to go. So, you know, I visited the Episcopal church a few times, very different, but almost a relief because it was different. (laughs) That was kind Mm -hmm. of like helpful to me. Um, so that's on the agenda for me is to try to make some connections. And I've been praying about that. Um, it's kind of heartbreaking if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thanks so much for listening to part one. Jan and I went on to have another great half of our conversation, and I just want to give you a little glimpse into that and invite you to tune in to the next episode of Clarity Unleashed. You're not the only woman going through that in the church today, and I know a lot of the women that are listening are in that spot where they love God and they love, they have good, some good memories and it's like a mixed bag of good and bad. And 
yet that drive, I think, which is within us um, to be in community with others, but not finding that home or feeling like you have a, a home base that you can go and be yourself and express yourself right. and feel like you can be authentic. So what do you, what do you say? What, what do you say to, to people in that situation? 